This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So, that's the first part. I've got two parts to cover. The first part was the generosity of God, and the second part is called financial miracles. And I'm going to ask Martin to come up and share a little bit about this. Martin. Just a small testimony, guys. Uh, I must admit, this I struggle with this. A bit, you know, I do struggle with it, but I'm good at it sometimes, and other times I'm not good at it, you know. And the old habits die hard, they say, you know, and it, it just keeps surfacing in my life. I'll touch on it right at the end, because Derek brought up about uh, the Lake District, and I just felt my heart stirring, and I said, well, I'll share a wee teeny about that. But I was a, I was a doer, I, I have to get, I, I need to earn, you know, that was my stuff, I need to go and graft, I need to provide. That was my thing, and which I did, and I did successfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to the det- detriment of my body and my health, you know, at this age, because I, I totally overdone it. You know, I never trusted God's provision. Mm-hmm. I trusted my provision, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't, uh, it's just part of who I am, it's part of my makeup. Yeah. Uh, I'm learning, uh, I, I'm better at it now, but for a long while I wasn't, you know. Uh, and then, and two th- hindsight's a great thing. <laughs> in 2006, I was a roofer by trade. I've worked most of my days. I had to get roofing up because my knees and my, my arms were really knackered. The doctor said, I think I was at 43, he says, I wouldn't like to see you at 53. I said, seriously, he says, seriously. So I made a decision to get roofing up. Uh, but I didn't know what to go with because it's all that what I knew. Uh, and Tracy was a carer at the time, uh, and back then, it's, you know, I suppose it wouldn't be allowed now, but you could bring clients home, give them a cup of tea and stuff, and you really couldn't do that now. So she'd come in and that, and I'd meet whoever, and I'd say, and I'd watch Tracy, and I'd say, I would like that, I think I'd be good at that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tracy says, well, why don't you get a go? I went, well, I don't know about that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the money was terrible. No. I don't say that's boastfully, but it was what I was at. I became self-employed as a roofer. I was at, but again, I'm working seven days for that. I'm not getting it for nothing. You know, I'm working late. So I'm earning between five and seven hundred pounds a week. The support working wage was six pounds twenty-five an hour. Yeah. And it wasn't forty hours, I wasn't guaranteed forty hours, it was thirty and maybe get somewhere. So, uh, I don't know, so I never, I couldn't go, but three things happened, in which I'm not going to get into that, and I believe God did a hand him, and he says, you going to go now? And I says, I'm going to leave now. Mm-hmm. So I left with him, and I went into support working. I never go 40 hours, you know, some weeks I would get 25, some weeks I would get 30, some weeks I would get 26. And that's the way it went, until I go 38, 40 hours, but only pennies, you know. And it wasn't a long period of time had passed. No, that long, a few years, a few years, maybe three, four years. And I was aware that I hadn't lost anything. Mm. I was aware that I'd actually we had two cars. Mm. 
I was aware that we never lost a holiday. I was aware that we never dropped in clays. Yeah. I wasn't a big one for clays anyway. But I was aware the wings never done with it. I was aware that we never tapped for Christmas. I was just aware of all these things. And I thought, how was that possible? How was that possible? And I sat down and I said to Tracy, no, I'm sober at this time. I'm sober for 2001, so this is 2006. So the money didn't go and drinking drugs. I said to Tracy, where did all that money go that I earned? And we looked at each other and said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. Just spending it foolishly. Mm -hmm. I'm at the point, as I was earning all that money, I'm doing the less hours and I'm doing the minimum wage, and I've no lost a thing. I've no lost a thing. And that's been my walk since then. I've no probably went above minimum wage, most of my, my recovery. And I've actually gained stuff. I gained everything. I gained a caravan. I gained kayaks. I gained two cars. I gained pedal bikes. I just kept gaining it and no losing anything. And on minimum wage. You know? So that's the, the generosity of God. This is a... a what I classify as a small miracle because I don't know how this happened now, I'm going to tell you. To me, this turned into a game, right? I must have done something at one of the roofing jobs, which I don't know because I was a lot mad with a lot of time in the roofing jobs. But I must have signed up a pension thing. And I can't even remember putting money into this. You know the way you look at your agency or oh, that 25 quid or something, you would grudge it. I can't even remember money coming out. I really can't. Yeah. So I get sober and these forums keep coming through for the Prudential. You've got this, 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 the way I read it, it's if you had a pension, this money would be worth this and this money would be worth that. And I thought, all right, okay. Now I was sober at the time and I kept getting, getting them through and kept throwing them in the bin. Just kept throwing them in the bin. But then one point, I'd I, I seen a bit, it says, up ten or up to. I said, you keep sending me hints, so I'll just keep sending them back and I would take the up to and I would send it back. And then another year it come in and I said, well, up can and I'll send it back. So this went on for, I don't know, about five, six years or something, right? <laughs> so then I became conscious of the paper that was coming through because I was getting weller, you know, I was getting, I was getting a bit more weller, you know. I was conscious. <laughs> I was conscious of the paper because there was booklets that was coming through and I'm writing, I had hundreds of trees, right? I better phone these people up and say, stop sending paper through. So I goes on to the phone and I phone's up the Prudential and such and such answer. I says, listen here, I says, it's Martin here. I says, Martin King, he's sending the stuff through. I says, go on and stop sending it through because it's hundreds of stuff and I've not got a pension. She says, what's your name anyway? Date of birth and national insurance number. She says, Mr King, you have got a pension. I said, I can assure you, hen, I've not got a pension. <laughs> she says, no, well, I can assure you, Mr. King, I've got it right here in front of me. And what she says next, I, I couldn't believe it. She says, you've got a pension of £28,000. Wow. And I, I went like that. And the old kid come back, and I went, oh, I must have a pension. <laughs> 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 But then, and then I, 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 I says, listen, Hen, I says, honestly, I can assure you, I've not got £28,000. I says, you've made a big mistake. She says, well, I'm going to date you, Mr. King. I'm going to get all the paperwork and send it out to you. 
Last year we threw it a bird within a week. Uh, I get paperwork in front of me, £28,000. And I don't, I can't, I've got my witness, I can't remember paying a penny. And what I did pay, it certainly wasn't anywhere near £28,000. Uh, and I was like, wow, you know, and then I thought, how does this work? It works because God works, yeah. you know, because yeah. I work, yeah. you know. But in saying all that, am I still the, no, I'm no, because that's still a bit of me has to, just in case, just in case, I'll just do that, just in case. And that happened doing, and I'll finish with this, it happened doing in the Lake District, so I've invited doing me and my wife, I would say I've not been in many fancy hotels. This was fancy. I would say about four or five stars there. I don't know. Fancy hotels. All meals, all coffee, everything provided, you know. Beautiful room, Lake District view. I, I couldn't ask for any more. I thought about being blessed. The tea biscuits come run for the free tea. <laughs> when you get a wee biscuit. So I've ate that much that day, or the free abundance, and the tea biscuits, I said to Tracy, give me a packet of tea biscuits and stick them in that drawer. <laughs> she says, how? I says, to see if they come in in the morning and see them, they might not give me another packet. Right, right, old carpets die hard. Now that's in me. <laughs> Sunday, oh hallelujah! You know? <laughs> I see the Derek, I come under such conviction about it, I was over oh, my stomach and everything was over. I see the Derek. And Derek pinpointed it. He says, You're not trusting me, you're getting provided for. Yeah. And that's a big thing for me. Yeah. I'm learning, I'm getting better at it, yeah. but I'm not perfect. Thanks for letting me share, guys. Everywhere we go, that man steals the show. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be as quick. I'll be quick. Yeah. So we've heard from Martin how God worked in his life. And I wanna I wanna tell you a bit of my story now. I'm gonna sit down for this. Um, <clears throat> here I am, I'm a, I'm a young guy, um, I'm 26, I've got two young kids, I've got a mortgage and I'm just about making it every month. I had a steady job but I was miserable in it and I knew God's calling was in my life. I also knew that God was calling me into business, as in the family. My father was in business, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, so it's in the blood. Um, so I, I felt I felt this a bit of a conflict because I knew God's calls on my life, but I also felt God was calling me into business. But how? Those two things didn't seem to fit together in my world. It had to be one or the other. So on I went, living my life, looking after my family, and the, the only way I knew, uh, taking on extra hours, and this went on for years. So I'm now in my thirties. I had I had been saved for about thirteen years now. I got saved when I was twenty six. I'm now thirty nine. 
uh, in church, tithing faithfully every month. I was in the leadership. Uh, I was training in pastoral care. I was involved in the full gospel businessman fellowship. And twice I had heard this in prophecy that God was calling me into business and ministry through the full gospel businessman fellowship. <clears throat> One Sunday, I was invited along to a friend's church where there was a visiting South African preacher, Dash Prophet, and he was ministering that day. And my friend, who was a pastor there, invited me along to hear the guy. So me and the wife and the kids all went along to the church. So there I'm sitting halfway up on the aisle. Uh, about 10, 15 minutes into his ministry, he walked up the aisle, he put his hand on my shoulders and said, God is calling you into business and ministry. And he will prosper you beyond your dreams. <clears throat> I knew it was God. Because this had been on for years. I was excited, but I still had no real idea how this could be accomplished. A few days later, a friend came along to our home for some fellowship, and he asked how work was doing. And poured out of me, I shared how I was feeling. Do you know the feeling I had was greatness contained in smallness? Can you get that? You know, because, you know, we have a great God. God makes great people. We have a creative God. And God makes creative people. <clears throat> My friend was an investment manager with Lloyd's Bank. And uh, he went on to say that the bank was recruiting guys. This is Lloyd's TSB. I've got a fellow banker here with me today, and Alan. Uh, we're recruiting guys in my age group. And what, the, what was happening in the bank at the time, they had all these youngsters uh, dealing with high net worth clients without any life experience. They were trying to advise people in retirement and investment. It wasn't working. The credibility just wasn't what they are. They needed, they needed men with a bit more life experience. And so they were recruiting in my kind of, I was 39, they were recruiting up to, like, say, 50. <clears throat> and uh, I was really taken, I was, I was really excited about this prospect. But my reaction was, what on earth do I know about banking and investment? But another side of me, I wanted to do it. And so my friend arranged an interview in the city. So there I am. I felt completely out of my depth um, at one level, but somehow I felt relaxed and confident throughout that interview. A short time later, I'm talking about hours, I got a call offering me a place at the Lloyd's College in Andover in Hampshire where I would be trained how to be an investment manager. Uh, really excited, but a bit scared. And I knew the job I was in was good as long as I wanted it. Uh, but 
I knew this was the opportunity I had been waiting for and I believed that God was opening the door and I had to walk through it. So I told my wife, who was always cautious, um, kind of the way that Derek uh, talked about giving the 5,000 away. Um, but, you know, and I, I kind of knew what her fears would be like. And I did say to her, I said, you know, if I do, do this, maybe, maybe I just won't be able to do this. Maybe I'll be absolutely rubbish at it. Maybe I'll last a month and I'll get thrown out of the job. Where will we be then? With a house and kids and... A... But she was, she was brilliant. And the, the, her usual cautiousness went to one side and she encouraged me to go, go for it. <clears throat> so there I was at the Bank College in Andover and I had the most amazing experience. The lectures, I was listening to the lectures, somehow I just knew this stuff. It wasn't like I was hearing these lectures for the first time, it was like, how come I am so understanding all this stuff? Uh, and I, I, I graduated from the college and was given five branches in Ayrshire, from Largs to Cumnock. My friend, who had recommended, was absolutely horrified <laughs> because these branches were the worst performing branches in Ayrshire. <laughs> and, and financial guys had come and they had gone regularly. And they, so he was horrified for me. He's like, oh my. You know, he told me a little bit, but he didn't tell me what I knew later, just how bad these branches were. And uh, so I started to know once I went around the branches, I started to hear the history about, you know, about how some investment guys had lasted literally weeks. So I needed God's help. And so outside every morning of the in the branches, one of those five branches, I was asking God's help and guidance. And bit by bit, he showed me what to do. He gave me creative ideas, often simple ideas and actions to introduce in these branches. And as I did, my business increased to the point that all of the branches were now not only meeting their investment targets, but exceeding them. Each of the branches had a chart. And I remember this particular chart that was in the Cumlet branch. And it was going along the floor like this. They were all like that, going along the floor like this. And um, the, the local branch managers, the bank was putting them under enormous pressure. Uh, because at the time, 75% of the profits of the bank was coming from, from investment. And uh, so there was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on me. But there was a lot of pressure on the managers because the, the managers were getting pressurised saying, you get the right people in front of these guys because these guys are making the profit of the bank. So, the, so God was really talking to me about these guys. So he was showing me how to minister to them, how to help them, to take the pressure off them. And uh, so here we are, day one, it's going along the floor. In six months, six months, there was not one of those branches less than 100% of target. Cumnock was over a 1,000. 
Now, guys, I'm not sitting here boasting. I'm set of telling you boasting of what God did. Because yeah. he showed me what he do. Yeah. He showed me what he say. He, he, it, was about, it was about how to deal with the people. These were high net worth people I was dealing with. A lot of them, you know? And uh, anyway, without God, without God I, I, I would have been hopeless, I'm quite sure. <clears throat> that first year, I paid more in tax than I'd earned the year before. The annual conference in Ayrshire Hall in Edinburgh, uh, I won the top investment manager's uh, place in the country. And I remained in the top five for the, all the years I was in the bank. <clears throat> but, you know, this is good. Remember what the South African preacher had prophesied. I was in the bank for five and a half years and during restructuring they offered a number of us enhanced rates of redundancy because the bank in its wisdom had decided that we were earning far too much money <laughs> and uh, so they offered us to go but God had spoken to us four, four of us, three of us and one estate agent we were all Christians together we get nicknamed the God Squad. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and uh, I was... And, uh, so here's this redundancy package. But what the bank didn't know is God had already spoken to us and he told us to get ready to launch your own business. So we were, we, we were, we were all ready to go. The, the, we even had opened an office and the guy who was the estate agent director, <clears throat> he'd opened up an office. And then I had a contact in Glasgow, Drew Greenwood. You'd know Drew very well, mate, I'm sure. Uh, he was a very good friend of mine. And he said, use our offices. In fact, he said, Vince, come and, and work with our client base. Because we are doing general insurance, but we're... We, we don't do investment stuff. So I, I want an investment guy in, in the company. So there I was. We were called Harvest Financial Services. Chuck Young was a client as well. And um, so uh, so I, w I, I was so blessed that we God did all this and went ahead of me, walked ahead of me. And uh, so we were able to establish an independent financial advice company <clears throat> and there was four directors, one the estate agent and three bank-trained guys. <clears throat> uh, a, year a year later, God led me out of the church I was in uh, to plant a church in Salkett Square in Ayrshire, down there on the road. And uh, so remember, God has called me into business and ministry. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so... What God had called me had been established. God had established all this. I had no power to make any of these things happen. None whatsoever. What I thought was impossible, God did. Life is never, as we all know, only too well. Life is never without its challenges. <clears throat> and we didn't have long to wait before the first challenge came on. First year of business. 
We're hardly a year in business. So we're all doing our stuff. The three bank train guys are all doing the stuff. The estate agent guy, he was doing all the administration, dealing with accountants, all that stuff. And uh, so well, this particular morning, we always met for prayer every morning. Then I, I went to Glasgow and the other guys were working in Ayrshire. And uh, the fellow, the administrator, sat us down and he said, I've got a problem, or better still, we've got a problem. He says, I've made a, I've made a wrong calculation the amount of uh, the amount of uh, tax that we owe. We're a young company. You know how critical that is the early years, John? You know, to get your tax rate, to be ahead of the game. And we were using us, we were all doing stuff, uh, corporation tax and stuff like that. Everyone was going on with us. And he was responsible for all that. And, uh, but, you know, we probably should have had more oversight on it, but we did, it wasn't that we were busy doing the stuff with investment. And he said, he said to us, I've paid what I can pay to the tax man but we're still short of £25,000. Now, to a young company, and bear in mind how many years ago this is, £25,000 they wanted like yesterday. So I'm hearing this, I'm thinking, we could sink. You know, we're just a young company. Um, so, big, big shock. So we, as I say, we're there to pray, we prayed, we asked God to move. <coughs> and I went off to Glasgow, to my office. Uh, it was a very worrying day, and I thought this could put us out of business. So, I'm sitting there doing my stuff in my office. It wasn't long before I got a call. This woman's voice came on the phone. And she'd just flown in from Florida. I'd never met her, didn't know who she was. Uh, but she told me, I've just come off the flight and there was a man sitting next to me on the plane and he gave me your name. And I said, what's his name? Well, I didn't ask. <laughs> so he says, he says uh, go and speak to this man. She must have been telling him stuff about her own business. And, she said, and he gave her my name and he gave her my phone number. So there I am, sitting in my office, the phone rings, it's her voice, can I come and see you? And I said, well, you're just off a flight to Florida, you've just flown through the night, you'll be exhausted, I am. But I can come this afternoon. I says, okay, three o'clock, come to my office. <clears throat> it's turned out she was a Christian, <laughs> with an amazing testimony. And here's her testimony. She was brought up in poverty, she had no education. She had alcoholic parents and she had alcoholic grandparents. She'd married very young and went into an abusive relationship and had a few kids. The only thing this woman knew how to do was to clean. And so she worked as a cleaner. And she cleaned shops and she cleaned offices. She would go anywhere she could get work to look after her children. The marriage was long over. <clears throat> that lady established one of Scotland's largest commercial cleaning companies. 
which she sold for millions. And there she was, now no living in Scotland anymore, living a good life in sunny Florida. <coughs> so she took, she, she's now sitting in front of me, perfectly nice woman, typical wee Glasgow woman, uh, no heirs or graces. <coughs> Some, a couple of years later, I was over doing business with her in Florida. And she came and picked me up in her pink Jaguar that had gold wheels. I said, that was, I, I mean, it's funny. I mean, really, it's funny. This wee Glasgow woman, you know. <coughs> and, uh, but you know, I noticed some at the end of the meal, some habits die hard. And she hadn't eaten all her, and the waiter was coming clear on the place. And he says to me, will, will I box your stuff up for you? No, 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 I don't, I don't bother with that. She, no, her, no, box it up. <laughs> box it up. She hadn't yeah. forgotten. She hadn't forgotten yeah. what it was like yeah. to live hand to mouth. Mm. <clears throat> so she told me, I've got some funds that I want to invest in the UK and, ho- and hold here for the benefit of my children. So we discussed the length which she needed and I established the type of investment that would be best advice for her. And so I started to complete the application form and got to the foot of the page requiring her signature and the box that contains the amount. <clears throat> Hold your breath. She handed me a cheque for £500,000. The commission that I re- made that day on that investment was £25,000. Now, I'm going to finish at that. I've got loads of financial. The, the miracles in my life have been mainly financial, I've got to say that. And um, so I know that God's interested in the prosperity of his people. And uh, sometimes we need to come out the smallness of our own thinking and tune in to how big God is. You know, I believe God's very ambitious for his people. And as I said earlier on, you know, we we are creative because we are God's sons and daughters. We can't be anything else. We're going to be speaking on Saturday at Jim's uh, event in Saturday, Tremble. And one one of the things that strikes me about this, dealing with the recovering community, is this. And when I hear about the deaths, Mm. when I hear about what Charles tells me, about the work at Broken Chains, and and I've stood at a few gravesides, too many actually, gravesides myself. The tragedy for me and the sadness I feel in my own heart about this, and it's this, and I believe that sadness is God's sadness, mm-hmm. is the waste, yeah. the potential that's been lost. Yeah. Who knows the contribution that could have been made by these young people that are now in graves? Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, a young fella that called me Uncle Vince died of an overdose. Another friend, his young son, 30-year-old, 
died of an overdose. <coughs> and my overwhelming feeling at, at those two, dealing with the families, we've all seen it, haven't we? We've dealt with families we lost. We've maybe seen it in our own families. I know you have, Thomas. It is the heartbreaking loss of potential. And you know, in our nation, we're a small nation, but we have a horrendous drug problem. But the thing is, you can take that as it stands, but when you think of the, the potential that's been lost in all these young lives, what contribution they could have made to our nation, So that, see this thing in Romans 1 when Paul says, I long to come to impart a spiritual gift. Mm. The, the need for impartation, the need for I am giving you, I am I'm conferring what I've received onto you. That was what Paul was saying. I'm coming to, I'm coming to confer, to bestow, to give what, what, uh, what, uh, what God gave me. So I, I, I'd like, I don't know if anybody else would, but I'd like yep. to pray yep. for that same, the same thing he's gave him. And said, "Listen, there's greatness contains in smallness, and the frustration in your own frustration of the limitations you're placing on yourself, the limitations you've you've we've, we've received because of our formation, because of our, our yeah. geography we live in, because of the socio-economic situation we've grew up in. Yeah. You know, we're dependent on benefits, we've depended on yeah. you know a, a certain way of thinking around finances." Yeah. We need God's. We need God to enlarge your capacity. Yeah, yeah. We need God to plant into us. I want your kingdom. Uh, I want your kingdom uh, vision yeah. in our hearts and minds. Yeah. So can you can you pray? Is that all right? Yeah. If I ask Vince to pray and just lead us in that for lunch. <coughs> so let's just close our eyes and, and just have a, a moment of quiet. We've all got our own stories, we've all got our own histories, we've all got our own memories of what's happened to us, what we've done and what's been done to us. God knows that. He knows our story back to front. Because he know, not only knows our beginnings, but he knows how it's all going to end. So Lord God, we're coming to you, Lord, today <clears throat> with open hearts, knowing that our hearts need to change. Knowing that we can't change them by ourselves. We've got no ability to change our hearts, to change our minds, to renew ourselves. But Lord, you are a creator God, and you knitted us together in our mother's wombs. Somewhere along life's path, things have got wrong, decisions have been made, 
decisions made over us, words spoken over us, that's limited our ability, or that's taken away our potential, our belief in who we are as sons and daughters of the living God. So Lord God, I'm asking you, Lord God, to increase our capacity, increase our understanding of who we are as your sons and your daughters. Lord, that, Lord, that potential that you've, you've put in us. Lord God, we, we understand as we're starting to get a glimpse, the light's coming on, the darkness has been dispersed. Lord, as we understand, God, Lord, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. Yes, God. Lord God, you put your potential within me. I can achieve anything that you, you yes, call me into. Yes, God. Yes, God. So Lord God, there's no limitations, God. Oh, yes. Lord God, I disallow yes. the limitations that have been laid on me, that I believed about myself, Lord. I come against them and I bring them yes, down God. in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Lord God, I can't do this. It's not true. I can't go there. It's not true. I can't get my kids back. It's not true. Lord God, help us, Lord God, overcome, God, to come out the smallness of our own thinking, Lord God, and come into the greatness of how you see things, God. Lord God, we would be, Lord, we want to leave this place today, Lord, changed. Lord, I know it's a big subject. Lord, I know that we need more teaching in this, God. Lord, we need to deepen our understanding. We need to hear your voice individually, Lord, for us, Lord. What, what you say to each individual heart, God, Lord God, in this room, in this room, there is amazing potential. And it's God-given potential. So, Lord God, I'm asking you, Lord, with every single heart in this place today, Lord, I'm asking you, Father, would you touch every individual heart? Would you bring down the lies that limits that potential? Would you bring down every lie, every word that's been spoken over us, Lord, that's allowed us to believe little of ourselves? You think no more? My identity is as a son of God. Yes, My Lord. identity is a daughter of God. Yes. I no longer believe what, what people have said about me. You'll come to no end. You're stupid. You're a yes, You're fat. You're too thin. You're ugly. Lord God, we bring all of this down in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, you lift up our heads and we say, Father, I'm yours. And Lord God, I know and I believe this morning that you have your potential in me. And Lord, I, I aim to walk in it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. been the Freedom Fighter podcast. Thanks for listening everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.